Welcome back to Experience Growth. I am your host, Chris Suarez, and today we are going to talk about committing to you. Guys, this is my uh, first podcast of the first um, day of the first week of the first month of a new quarter of what has seemed to many to be the most interesting year of their lives. Let's not waste a great temporal landmark. I've often shared that human beings love temporal landmarks. We love the the first of the year. We love the, the first of the month. We love the first of the week. We love the first hour of our day. We look for these temporal landmarks. Why do we love firsts or beginnings? Because let's face it. We all need a fresh start once in a while. We all need that uh, relaunch once in a while. We all need to erase uh, yesterday or last week or last month or, or even last year once in a while. Temporal landmarks allow us to give ourselves a forgiveness for maybe not showing up how we wished we had, forgiveness for not accomplishing what we know we could have, uh, forgiveness for, for not doing what we said we would do. Ultimately, temporal landmarks allow us to recommit to self and erase something we wish to forget. That is why January 1st, the gym is packed. That is why March 1st, people are committed to their goals. That is why July 1st, people are ready to get in shape. See, we are significantly more likely to tackle our goals with the start of a new date. These temporal landmarks offer a a psychological shift for us. It allows us to separate an old me and a new me. Now this week has been an adventure for many, but not unlike any other week or any other adventure when we look closely. Sure, some new challenges and for some of us some new activities. We're a month into the coronavirus, to COVID-19. For one, I've suddenly been thrown into becoming a a homeschool teacher for part of each day. Without choice, I've become the math teacher and the English teacher. Perhaps that's because my wife knows I can calculate what, what any percent of any number is. And English is her second language. So those are my two subjects. And, and I will assure you, she has every other subject in the book. But my students actually taught me an interesting lesson this week related to this word, commit. And I wanted to share uh, that lesson with you. See, kids, kid, kids don't love to do math in pen, I found out, right? As the math teacher, they just weren't doing the work. And I, and I finally said, gosh, we, we got to get these math problems done. And I may have tossed, but I handed a, a pen to my daughter. And kids don't love to write stories in pen. Man, they just weren't getting their English done. And so I picked up the pen, I gave it to my younger daughter, and neither of them wanted to do their math or write their stories in pen. Now, I'm pretty sure I couldn't possibly be the only parent that had to break up a school time argument this month. The Wednesday math class meltdown had everything to do with an argument around who was getting the erasable pen. Now, for nostalgia's sake, just remember your first erasable pen. Maybe you were in middle school, but Papermate invented erasable ink back in 1979. After a decade of research, they came out with, right, their first erasable pen. It was called, what was it called? The Eraser Mate. And every kid wanted one in school. It was the first time a pen allowed for mistakes that could be erased. Why? Because we all want a fresh start sometimes. 
Let's unpackage that for just a minute. First, why does a pencil easily erase and an ink typically not? Because ink soaks into the paper fibers while pencil lays down a coating of graphite that doesn't bond very tightly with the paper surface, allowing you to what? Just rub it off. Just rub it off with an eraser. When you use an erasable pen, that ink actually is bonding differently with that piece of paper. It actually bonds in a much looser fashion than regular ink. In actuality, depending on how hard you press with that erasable pen, it will either erase fairly well or just smudge the ink around on the paper. And you remember that back in middle school, the messes you made with your erasable pen. But either way, the quality of the ink the quality of the erasable ink is inferior. It lacks vivid color. It lacks bonding to the paper because it's less committed to what you wrote or drew or what problem you solved. See, we're raised in a school system and classrooms that promote erasing mistakes, uh, fearing crossouts, and effects allowing for lack of commitment in our work as we can always go back and erase. So this week's challenge, commit. This week's challenge is commit to you. There are two interesting definitions of commitment, guys. The first is this. It's the state or quality of being dedicated to a cause, being dedicated to an activity, being dedicated to a person. Some of us are committed to a cause. Some of us show up committed to an activity. Some of us are incredibly committed to people. The second definition is interesting. It's an engagement or obligation that restricts freedom of action. Commitment is an engagement or an obligation that restricts freedom of action. See, therein lies the problem. No one wants to sign up for something that restricts our freedom or restricts what we can and can't do. Gosh, we're, most of us that are listening are Americans. American, like we're not told what to do. Perhaps that's why you ended up in a job that you could control. And yet to be a committed person, we need to show up every day and do what we say we're going to do and, and be who we say we're going to be. Are we a person that people can look at in any aspect of our life, our business life, our relationship life, our, our health life? And do they identify you as a committed person? human being. See, I believe that if we're going to ask people to partner up with us on a mission and our vision, if we're going to attract people to values, then they should be able to look at us and say, where have you shown up committed? So look back over your last month, your last year, your last decade, your last two decades, your history. Can people point to you as a ridiculously committed human being. Now, doesn't mean we can't change. Doesn't mean we look back and say, gosh, I made a mistake. Uh, I made a couple of mistakes. I made 14 mistakes. We're always going to make mistakes. But ask yourself, do you have a track record of being committed? See, if I'm going to get into business with someone, if I'm going to partner with someone, if I'm going to be in relationship with someone, I'm going to look for track records of commitment in, in their business world and life, in their personal world and life? Are they committed to their partners? Are they committed to their children? Are they committed to their friends? Especially now, guys, as, as we are socially distanced during this, in, during this COVID-19 situation, especially now as we're socially distanced, working remotely, having no physical accountability from someone sitting next to us, we need to commit 
to self. Regardless of what we've done over the past 30 days, today we can choose commitment. No need to erase. Just start writing in pen, guys. Right? Take out the pen. Wake up knowing what you committed to accomplish and knock it out. Write in pen what you plan to do today. Now, this is not as easy as it may seem. Often, it is much easier to commit to others than even committing to ourselves. See, when there are people to help, when there are people to work for, we jump in and help. We jump in and work for them. When we look around and see other people next to us, it's easier to show up and commit. Yet, in one of my favorite books, in Stephen Covey's Seven Habits, he clearly outlines that we will never be effective seven habits of highly effective people, we will never be effective unless we start with commitment to self. See, in his book, he outlines the contrast between a private victory and a public victory. What's the difference? Private victory and public victory. See, commitment and trust starts privately. It starts within. We need to win internally. We need to win in private. We need to win for ourselves before we can go out and win externally. Every day that we show up and knock out what we committed to do, every day that we commit to self, every day we show up and and do what we told ourselves we were going to do. See, we build self-trust. We just earned, we just had a private victory, which allows us to what? Gosh, in his growth continuum, Covey says it allows us to move on to additional habits on the way to a a future public victory. Put simply, we can't help others until we help ourselves. So wake up each morning and ask yourself, what can I do today? Then ask yourself, what will I do today? See, there's a big difference between what can I do and what will I do. And at the end of the day, guess what we get to ask ourselves? What did I do today? What can I do? What will I do? What did I do? Take control of something in your world immediately upon waking up. The sooner you do, the more likely that habit will snowball and you will control decision after decision. You will change and impose habit after habit. See, if our days slip by without us keeping a commitment to ourselves, the opposite can happen. See, we begin to lose belief and confidence in self. And I bet every single one of us at some point has been there. Our confidence began to wane. Our confidence began to slip. Our confidence began to disappear. See, if we're not moving the needle, we will begin to feel like we are running in place and not moving forward. And I will tell you, it only you can only run in a treadmill or run in place for just so long. We wind up writing the story of our week in pencil and erasing it upon reflection of our lack of accomplishment. So go ahead today, right now, grab a piece of paper, grab a pen, press hard, commit to your story this week. Every hour and every day, you keep the commitments you make for yourself is a deposit into your self-confidence. The personal victory will lead to your public victory. Don't waste a good temporal landmark. Commit to you. 